Yeah, you know, I'd like to, to follow your lead on that, Anthony. And if uh, anyone listening has not picked it up, you are an idiot. Um, it, is, it is a great book. Um, and- yes. That's some great, I support that. <laughs> I, I support it too. Um, and you were an idiot, but you're not now. You're enlightened. So on this podcast, you don't have to, absolutely not required, but we like to smoke when we talk. If that's yeah. something you're down with, cool. If not... I've never in my life. Oh, okay, nice. cool. That's Not that's, about to start. <laughs> I do have a very funny story about the time I almost did, though. Oh, nice. Yeah, you could go into it. that. Yeah, go ahead. It's, it's so funny because like I raised super super small town in the midwest and you know being the artsy theater kid uh i had a lot of friends who partook but i was also raised like super hardcore catholic and like you know it was one of those things where it's like i would be murdered if i ever (laughs) you know like when my mom found out i got my first tattoo at 18 she wanted to like cut me off you know like uh... it's that's you know that level but when i was like God, 16, 17, I was hanging out with friends and they were all smoking, drinking, whatever. And they were all really cool with the fact that like, I didn't like, there was never any like peer pressure or anything like that. But I decided for whatever reason, tonight's night, this is the night I'm I'm going to do it. (laughs) And we're all sitting around a fire in a friend's yard and they, you know, take out a joint and they're like, you know, pass around, pass around, whatever it gets to me. I'm like, no, next, next time, next time I got, I got to build up, you know, build it up gets around to me next time. I hold it this time. No, 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 no. Just pass it. <laughs> gets to me the third time. I look at it. I burst into tears and I get up and walk oh, away wow. because like for whatever moral reason inside of me, I just could <laughs> not do it. <laughs> and I've never once like considered it. Yeah. Considered it. Yeah. That's like, it's a thing where I have no problem with anyone doing it, but like, it's just apparently not for me on a very, very <laughs> deep level. <laughs> no, I mean, that's totally understandable. And also, yeah, like, I mean, I was raised Catholic too, so I totally understand there's like, it's not like, it doesn't say in the Bible, like don't smoke you weed, can't smoke but, weed. Yeah, but it's still like a feeling. Yeah, An alternative like, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> nice. So you said you're from the Midwest. What part? I'm from Michigan originally. Okay. I've not spent any time in Michigan, but I've spent a ton of time in like Ohio and I'm I'm from West Virginia. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Where are the rest of y'all from? Uh, So I'm in the Bronx, New York. Okay. Jake. Uh, I'm in LA, but I'm from New York. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. yeah. Where are you at? I live in New Jersey now. Okay. Um, So just outside the city. Nice. Uh, As I like to say, more space. cheaper taxes so (laughs) cheaper gas right you guys got to have cheaper gas over there yeah i guess i'm not that anyone's driving ever anymore but (laughs) (laughs) it's funny i so because of the pandemic i bought a car because i just couldn't stand doing nothing Hmm. um and i've lived out here for seven years and like finally caved and bought a car 
and now I'm permanent work from home. So I guess it all worked <laughs> out, but, but I drive so infrequently that like, when I get gas, I just pay whatever it is because, you know, I might fill up once every two months or something like oh, wow. that. But my mom is very much like, how much is gas? How much are you paying? Like, <laughs> oh, it went down a quarter, you know, whatever. And, and it's very much, again, Midwest, there's nothing else to talk about. <laughs> yeah. uh, so yeah. gas prices. And I'm just like, I don't know, mom. I just pay whatever they ask me yeah, to. Right? Yeah. <laughs> my mom's the same. My mom will specifically like, look up what town has the cheapest gas and plan her stops around that. <laughs> I re- distinctly remember, I think it was like right before I moved out or something, I was like late teens. My mother gave us fucking whiplash in the car because like did an illegal U-turn because <laughs> the Shell station is two cents <laughs> cheaper than the one plus <laughs> the And it's just like, I get, I get that it adds up, but like two cents over 10 gallons. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now it, it doesn't make sense to me, but to them, they feel like they're doing big things. Sure. Great. <laughs> yeah. Good for them. <laughs> That's, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's also like gas is pretty pricey out here in LA. But then it's also well. How much is it in LA? Is it like four bucks? Is it that oh, high? Easily, easily like four ten. Jeez. So, but it's so like it's like what am I gonna? It's like do? around like, three gonna... right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For us in West Virginia, we're like two seventy nine. Sometimes I would yeah. kill to pay two seventy nine. Right. <laughs> yeah, but LA, like you gotta drive. There's no not driving. Yeah, exactly. In LA. <laughs> it's a very driver heavy city. And it's yeah. horrendous. Yeah. Maybe Razor scooters will make a comeback. Ooh, Ooh I hope those not. were all the. R- I actually <laughs> busted out my Razor See, scooter while you. I was on one of the pandemic weeks. Well, yeah, it became roller that. skates. Roller skates came yeah. back. Hard. Why are roller skates more acceptable really? than Razor scooters? Because they don't fuck your ankles up in the same way as a Razor scooter does. But Razor scooter, you could also oh, defend really? yourself if you ever get attacked with. <laughs> razor scooter, roller skaters. Uh, (laughs) roller skaters don't pretend they're a vehicle on the road of traffic is quite as often as racing no that's That's true roller roller skaters treat themselves like pedestrians that's yeah exactly but the worst are cyclists cyclists are the worst offenders yes 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 they terrify me they're just awful so people. Much. They're just the worst people. They're, yes. <laughs> I, I'll never forget. I went and this was before I lived in New York. I was still in Michigan. I think I was in college when this came out. The Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie Premium Premium Rush. Oh, yeah. Where he's a delivery yeah. and he's a courier. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's yeah. a courier in New York City on a bike. And I remember because that was all about the bikes and how like <laughs> dangerous it was and everything. And I remember being so stressed out <laughs> <laughs> I was like I never want to touch a bike yeah. ever again yeah I'm not a fan of two wheel vehicles <laughs> I need at least three yeah Ooh, minimum three I don't know I hate seeing those tricycles are cute tricycles they're just yeah. cute uh, yeah <laughs> yeah I guess exactly so. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna I think know. on that note, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit <laughs> on my pen note. as well. Which, well, you know what? Then on that note, while you guys are doing that, I'll I'll get the intro rolling. 
That way we could uh, get into this a little more. So, okay, guys, welcome to another episode of the dopest podcast on the internet, Comics and Chronic. As always, I'm uh, Anthony Iannaccio, and joining me are, you know what, two of the most insufferable people. (laughs) Insufferable people on the planet. I'll I'll say that. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. But you know what? You guys are hilarious. So uh, I'll deal with it. Cody Wallaka Cannon and Jake F.H. I'm just kidding. I like you guys. What's up, dudes? What's up, you guys? Hi. On today's episode, we're joined by a very special guest in the comic book industry. She's an Eisner, Harvey, and Hugo Award-nominated editor and story consultant who's worked for Marvel, Valiant, Lucasfilm, and currently for IDW and Image Comics. She's the co-creator of one of my favorite characters, Gwenpool. Uh, She likes penguins a whole lot, and we're really excited to have her on the podcast. Please welcome to the show, Heather Antos. Yay! Thanks, guys. What a great intro. Thank you. That's the one thing we're good at. It's all downhill from here, so. (laughs) Great. Awesome. Well, it's been great being here. I'll talk to y'all later. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. So, editor, uh, I know a lot of people, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big comic fan, but when I see editor, maybe at first I don't necessarily know what that means. Um, can you just give us like a quick, like, what what is your role as an editor in the comic industry like? Like, what does that entail? Yeah, so I would say the closest comparison um, for a comic book editor is kind of similar to that of a TV or movie producer showrunner type person. Um, It's my job to solicit ideas, bring new projects to the table, cast those projects, uh, make a budget, stick to that budget, make a schedule, stick to that schedule, hit the deadlines, give all the creative notes on story, on dialogue, on art, everything from layouts to pencils to inks to colors to lettering, come up with covers, uh, solicit copy for 15 to 20 different projects every single month. Wow. So, yeah, it's funny because a lot of people are just like, y'all are just proofreaders. <laughs> and and not to diminish proofreaders because I fucking love and respect proofreaders and I mean mine and, and worship the hell out of mine. It's literally a different job. Like, it's literally yeah. like there is a designated proofreader that that is their job that all they do is proofread and I might kill myself that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's it's definitely a lot more hands-on uh very project management heavy um with a lot of creative um insight and input as well are you are you like in the room if like a artist writer team wants to pitch something uh they pitch it to me so yeah (laughs) oh wow yeah yeah so um when it comes to you know there's there's two different types of comics. There's licensed comics and then there's creator-owned comics, right? Your licensed comics are going to be anything that's IP, like your Marvel, your DC, Star Wars, um, Mm -hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, anything that's a brand, Uh right? And so when it comes to things like that, typically nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, more, more or less, it's an editor going to talent and being like, hey, Jason Aaron, I want you to write Star Wars. Pitch me ideas. Mm. You know, not just anyone can pitch Star Wars. Not mm. just anyone can pitch Marvel. Okay. Um, because when it comes to IP, for legal reasons, we can't just look at every story that someone tweets at us, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
gets it. and if we did like open anyone can pitch the star wars idea well the world oh, might god. explode right? yeah. <laughs> oh god but when it comes to creator own stuff um that's when uh you know anyone can send in their pitches um and there's usually protocols and formats of how those have to go down for publisher but um when it comes to creator owned ideas that's when you know any joe schmo realistically can send something nice in. Nice. So I was going to say before, like, I, I'm, I'm surprised I, I, you know, I'm so uh, like ignorant to this, but like as an editor, you're like extremely collaborative in the creative process. Like hugely. Yeah. It just, I, I, for some reason, it just doesn't, it's never presented that way in comics. Like I just, I, I it's an un- unfortunate is what I'm trying to say, because it's just, it seems like, okay. So like if the first time I've seen your name in a comic is assistant editor as uh, for Gwenpool. And I love that comic so much that I just I needed to to just like see all the creators like what who was working on like such like that comic to me was so different than anything else that was out. Um, so that's what immediately like back in the day made me go out and like look for more creators mm-hmm. and looking for that like as an editor I just didn't I just didn't know what it was I guess I could have easily googled it but like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess what I'm trying to say is just like I, you know just the way like I could think in my head like I'm looking at a comic it's drawn there's dialogue but it's just like editor just doesn't you know factor into my head Unsung and, hero yeah exactly that's what I'm realizing like yeah yeah you know it's it's I think back in the day when editors also were writers as well like there was a little more industry awareness um although there wasn't internet awareness back then so i don't know <laughs> i don't know how much it permeated to the fans but um but yeah like editors as i as i like to say they're team captain not the coach um you know we're out there in the trenches uh but uh you know if i played soccer so i like to use soccer analogies i don't know i don't know about y'all but um like i like to see the editor as you're the the goalkeeper um, you're the one who can see the whole field and and call out shots and and watch everyone's back, literally. Um, but at the end of the day, you are the last line of defense to make sure everything happens on time. But you're out there on the field with everyone nice. else. Nice. You're currently IDW. How's that been for you? Yeah. So uh, very new. Nice. Uh, How <laughs> literally did? this. Uh, I've been there for a month. Oh, literally. Today, I just sent my first issue to print. Nice. Uh, nice. Congrats. So, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Star Wars High Republic Adventures number five. Ooh, Check cool. it out. Um, yeah. No, it's really great. Uh, obviously, if you know my history, you know my work. Um, I'm no stranger to Star Wars. I love Star Wars a lot. Um, if you could see my apartment, it's basically a Star Wars shrine. <laughs> um Nice. And, you know, leaving the Star Wars books at Marvel was one of the hardest things I ever yeah. did. Um, and I've been, you know, trying to get back to Star Wars in some official capacity ever since. So when the opportunity with IDW opened up, it's just, you know, it, it's it, it was serendipitous. Very cool. Who's your favorite Star Wars character? Yeah, I was just going to ask that. Um, R2-D2. Oh, okay. nice. That's a good choice. Nice. He's but what I think I read something. Are you or were you the official translator for BB-8? I was. Yes, <laughs> I created. So fun story. Um, so uh, everyone knows BB-8, the little 
spherical yeah. droid uh, from the sequel trilogy. And what you may not know is whenever there is a non-basic speaking character in Star Wars comics, um, the writers actually write out what they're actually saying. So um, it would be, you know, how are you doing today? Says Poe Dameron. And BB-8's like, I'm great, Poe. You're looking swell in the comics. <laughs> but then it would be on to me to translate that into the beeps and boops for the letterer to, you know, make sound effects <laughs> for. And because I am crazy, I <laughs> created an actual language you know what each beeps and beeps and everything like how it would generally Whoa. translate to um because well the way <laughs> and this is peeking how my brain works um when you are watching star wars be it the tv shows the movies the games you can get a sense of what the droids are communicating through mm. the tones and through the sounds and, and mm. you know, everything that is going on. Like you, there is genuine communication happening there. And I wanted to try and capture that as best that we could in a visual standpoint, because, you know, with comics, you don't have the auditory assets that you do with a movie, yeah. you know? And so I really, really wanted to try and be able to help communicate what it is BBA is trying to communicate as effectively as possible. Nice. <laughs> That's so cool. So even though, is that something like if BBA pops up in a comic now, even though you're not there, are they using like your like cipher? They are. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. So cool. That's something when Lucasfilm found out, like I did that. Um, they're like, oh, yeah, send that to us and we're going to send it out. Um, I'm actually really good friends with um, Tom Puller, who's one of the Star Wars editors at Delray. They do all the novels. Oh, nice. Um, and he actually came up with a very similar type of translation chart for uh, Shriwook, which is the Wookiee language oh, wow. um, nice. as well. <laughs> so, yeah. This is what Star Wars editors do, That's guys. Awesome. <laughs> That's so cool, though, because, like, obviously, I'm assuming you've been a fan your whole life. So, like, you get to make, like, that much of an impact in the universe. Like, it's so cool. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's I, I've been, you know, I obviously wasn't born when the original trilogy came out, but I was the right age when the prequels came out. I was in first yeah. grade when, you know. Uh, first or second grade when Phantom Menace came out and I got to see it as a class trip uh, <laughs> oh, in so school. Cool. <laughs> Again, small town Wait, in Michigan. Yeah. There's nothing was else Was there to a do. reason? Was it like like a science class? You guys are going to go see a space movie? No, it was like an, an end of the year, uh, okay. you know, because they all came out last week in May. So end of the year kind of hurrah oh, um, for, for school. And so I got to see actually every single one of the prequels as... A field That's trip hilarious. <laughs> um, but you know, to give you a sense of my fandom, I loved the movie so much that I hid in the theater to see it again, oh, and like got in a lot of trouble for doing so. But like you nice. know, as I like to tell my mom now, like, see, I knew that you know, it was going to pay off. Do you still stand by the original t trilogy or the prequels? You mean that, that's what I meant. The prequels, yeah. I look, there's some really shitty CG in them. <laughs> there's some really shitty CG. There's some real questionable dialogue between Anakin and Padme. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm I'm not definitely not gonna try and 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 um 
save those. But I think it's a really good story. When you when you pull back all the, you know, the the roughness of it, there is a very good story in there. And also like it's made for kids. Star Wars is for kids. It's yeah. not for, you know, boomers. It's not for <laughs> uh assholes as i like to say if you're an asshole star wars is not for yeah. you <laughs> unless you're like a fan of the empire in which case star wars is for you <laughs> no you don't think <laughs> empire fans aren't assholes i'd imagine they'd be huge assholes uh there's 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 a level of assholery <laughs> but uh, um but yeah like i I love the prequels. I love them yeah. so much. I don't, um, I don't necessarily get that. Like, there's some... It, yeah. It's cool to hate things. I don't know if you know this, but it's <laughs> yeah. really cool to hate things, especially on the internet. That's true. Uh, yeah. yeah that's a good point. Like, when the prequels came out as a kid, I liked them. Like you said, it was it was made for kids. But as a kid, I was also like, you know, the whole Trade Federation dispute. I don't care, just, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's weird. Give me Darth Maul. That's all I want, Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and so, like, there's rough stuff in it, but, you know, as an adult, I can go back and appreciate the story that's there. But I also, like, you know, everyone's like, Attack of the Clones is really shitty. I fucking love Attack of the Clones. Like, I like Attack of the Clones more than Phantom Menace. Yeah, like, mm, it's, 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 is it cringy? Absolutely. They're all cringy. They're <laughs> all cringy. All, um, yeah. But they're also super fun. Yeah, I, I actually really like Revenge of the Sith. Honestly, like that, you know, like that's I won't even call it a bad movie. Prequels? I liked it. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the third one. I have the high ground. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a crier in general, but when I was, I was a senior in high school, I think, when Revenge of the Sith came out, and I straight up when uh, Order 66 was taken <laughs> out, I straight up was bawling, crying in the theater uh. <laughs> as a senior in high school. Or I might have even been, yeah, I think I was a senior in high school. He killed younglings. Yeah, that wasn't even it. It was more of like that dude with the tall head. I can't remember his name off oh, the top the of my head. head dude. But when he got gunned down from behind. Oh, I know who you're that, talking about. That's yeah. what broke the. You know. I wish I was like there, like seeing Cody cry, like <laughs> in the theater, because I just, I can't picture it. Cody, it's a beautiful thing. Like you're just watching Cody Star cry. Wars. <laughs> Execute Order 66. Cody's like, no, bro. I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> damn r2d2 i've never heard that that's a good one you don't ever think i feel like my first thought doesn't never goes to the droids but maybe it should they're the unsung heroes the droids the droids are my favorite characters i actually just did another podcast where i talked down um my top seven favorite droids in all of star wars Whoa. So. okay do you Can we gotta we hear, hear some now. yeah uh yeah so uh gosh i don't I'm, i don't know the order off the top of my head but r2d2 obviously right. gonk i love gonk i'm obsessed with gonk droid i think he's adorable who's is that gonk? the trash can droid yes okay yes two legs um i actually have you can't see it but i have a lovely little gonk droid r2d2 nice. uh commission that chris Eliopoulos did for me um Ooh, chris Eliopoulos nice. did a bunch of the small droid backup stories and the star wars comics at marvel for nice. us um bd1 uh i love bd1 he is the droid companion in the jedi star wars jedi fallen order video game Oh yeah, um, he's the best. Uh, one of my coworkers actually got me a throw blanket that's BD one all nice. over it, um, <laughs> because that's how much I love BD one. Uh, Triple Zero and BT one, of course. Uh, the 
evil droids from the Dr. Aphra and Darth Vader comic series. Oh, they're great. <laughs> they're fantastic. And uh, also favorite uh, IG-11, which is the Taika Waititi um, bounty hunter droid from the Mandalorian. May he rest in peace. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that was a great character. Well, it was really great because for me, like you get to see HK-47 in Empire. Right. But he doesn't do anything. Right, just standing there. He's just standing there, and they're supposed to be the most fearsome, you know, whatever. And so to get to see IG-11, like, in action and actually see it spin around yeah. and, like, yeah, I don't want to go up against one of those things. <laughs> like, that's terrifying. <laughs> and with Taika's voice, it's just perfect. Oh, it's just great. Yeah, it's just great. Why? What are they? Are they, like, trained it's... murder robots? Yeah, yeah they're, exactly. There's... They're, they're, yeah, they're just trained. They're basically, um, think of a long, slender, if, if Slender Man was a droid, right? Just very <laughs> tall, skinny, long legs, long arms. Mm, okay. um, but it has full 360 movement. And so, you know, you have your Western guy with two guns on each side, and literally he can just spin and shoot whatever, and his head yeah, is in yeah, it's like a I, direction. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. terrifying. It's terrifying. I know that they, like, decanonized all of the older novels, but, like, I used to remember, like, the, uh, I remember being a kid and reading the Tales of the Bounty Hunter mm -hmm. novels yeah. and stuff, and there was, the in the Boba Fett one, IG-88, was that his name? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he yep. was the villain, and uh, I don't know. It was crazy. That's, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. It was it Boba Fett? I don't know. I might be yeah. off. Okay. No, you're right. <laughs> I have a soft spot in my heart for this. For I think it's R3D4. Yes. Who's that? The one that explodes right in the first yep. one. Like yep. I just had a toy of it as a kid, so I was like, I have it too. I, the, oh, I have the nice. little Hasbro over there. Yeah, yeah. He's the one. <laughs> well, there's a. Um, I don't know uh, if you guys know the From a Certain Point of View anthology of short stories that uh, came out for the 40th anniversary of A New I Hope. Don't. But there is, so it's basically a collection of 40 short stories um, that all take place during A New Hope from, you know, in that time frame, either oh, nice. right before or right after. And one of them is about R3D4. Mm. Uh, and it's, he sacrifices himself so that r2 can go with Luke. oh, oh that's, that's cool. what's happening that's amazing yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the that's the new hypothetical oh, i, like, I that. like that okay yeah. that's cool that's yeah cool. because they you know they talk to each other in droid speak and r2 is like no i have to go i have this mission there's a princess <laughs> and r3 is like i got you bro <laughs> hey i knew i liked him for a reason that's awesome yep. nice. <laughs> So would you say Star Wars is what you nerd out for the most? Um, when it comes to geek things, probably. Uh, definitely. I don't know. Now that it's been my job for so long, like it's a different kind of nerding out mm -hmm. because, like, I know how the sausage is made, and also <laughs> like there are no surprises um. for me, you know. But one of the coolest things in my experiences is getting to watch other people experience the stuff for the first time. Like I'll never forget yeah. when force awakens came out and I got to go to the premiere and I, you know, I see the whole thing there and that was cool. I'd read the script before. So like I knew, you know, what, it, what it was, there were no surprises in that. Um, but the best part was 
going to see the midnight release when everyone else got to see Ooh, it for the yeah. first time. Because yeah. I, you know, it's one of those things where I know I'm in the theater and I'm the only one that knows mm. it's going to happen. But I get to sit there and experience everyone else experiencing it for the first mm. time and really get to take in that and enjoy that. And that nice. was so cool. Like that yeah. was just one of the coolest things awesome. um, to just witness. That's cool. Yeah, that kind of energy in a movie theater is really cool. Like, you know, when I remember, obviously, like Infinity War, the yeah. theater I was in, mm -hmm. going crazy. And honestly, before, like, the Marvel movies, I didn't really experience that too much. But in uh, Attack of the Clones, when I saw it in the movie theater and Yoda starts, like, flipping, starts around. flipping around with the yeah, lightsaber. Everyone went crazy. The movie theater won ape shit. Like, people yeah. were stomping on the floor, getting out of their seats. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, they were. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. No, I'll never forget one of my favorite favorite memories from watching Force Awakens in particular with with a, a new audience was there was there's this little kid that was sitting behind us um with her family like she might have been like seven or something and it's at the end and spoilers if you haven't seen Force Awakens <laughs> yeah. turn this off now right fast forward 30 seconds whatever. but also what are you doing with your yeah. life and so you know Ray's climbing up the mountain we see that it's, you know, you see this man and, and the and the hood and everything. And like, we know it's Luke. Mm -hmm. um, but he turns around, takes the hood off and she goes, oh, he has a beard now. <laughs> 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 it's just like the most just pure innocence. <laughs> I wish I had pure innocent theater experiences. Whenever anyone else is in the theater, it's never that's just obnoxious. Oh. <laughs> that's the worst when i saw ragnarok i saw it i saw it in new york i saw it at new rock city and uh the it was like a this woman just full grown in her 30s with her mom and dad and they were watching uh she was like explaining to them as the movie was going and she was like ma that's loki that's thor's brother that's loki and like stupid loud and i was like you gotta be fucking kidding me she's like oh my god it's loki and just like it was just, like, <laughs> and she was a grown woman it wasn't a child I just want to be like, shut the yeah. fuck up. So, I love that. I would that. kill for an innocent so, experience like what you had. <laughs> well, that reminds me. Uh, that that reminds me not as loudly and obnoxiously, <laughs> but like my whenever I go home, uh, and there's you know Star Wars movies and theaters, you know, as a as a bonding thing, my mom likes to go see. She has no interest in Star Wars whatsoever. None. <laughs> No, she doesn't retain any of it. No interest whatsoever. But, you know, she's like, I want to be interested in what you're interested in. And this is how I'm showing support. Fine, whatever. The whole time, the whole time, she's just like, so who is that person? So what? Why do they not like each other? But I thought they already did the Death Star. Isn't the Empire gone? Where's Darth Vader? And I'm like, oh, my God. Like that, yeah. you know. And, and And then, of course, you know, we get... Rogue One comes out after Force Awakens, but it happens before, but she's not in canon, so she's yeah. just so <laughs> <used>. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, this is just three hours of torture. <laughs> so how far ahead were you like privy to the Star Wars? Like, did you know like um the end of like the reveal of the Mandalorian season two? 
did like did you know that was coming or uh no because i wasn't at idw yet and that came after i left marvel so oh, I got that, you. that was one mandalorian was one of the few things that i actually like didn't know oh so you got to experience wise. it like yeah that nice. was really cool that i got that was the that was the first probably only star wars <laughs> thing of the new stuff that i got to like experience freshly um but what's interesting is though again knowing how the sausage got made <laughs> like i know why that show happened versus some other things that were supposed Ooh. to happen and all of that Ooh. so but that's all i can say oh, okay um, <laughs> yeah fair enough I'll save that so earlier you said you struggle with like nerding out over star wars because uh you're such a big part of like it's been you've been involved so what what are you nerding out over right now so my biggest thing that i nerd out on and i don't know if nerd out is the right phrasing but whatever um i'm a huge 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 true crime junkie like huge true crime junkie um and so like all my free time is watching documentaries and listening to podcasts and reading books. And like, uh, you know, one of my friends for my birthday just got me a very, very, very hard to find um, book about one of the the serial killers that I'm most fascinated about. Cause I don't like to say favorite serial killers. Cause that sounds weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't it's like a weird that. concept. Like it's, there's, it's there's such concept. interesting characters, but it's like, but they're not characters they're real they're real real. like these are real (laughs) things yeah although although and this is this is my life's mission oh shit is so there's a serial killer um named edmund kemper i don't know if you guys have ever heard of him if you ever watch the show mind hunter on netflix he's oh oh, okay he's the main guy that they're dealing with there but um so edmund kemper uh went to prison after he was caught for his murders and he became an audio narrator. Um, so he narrates, has narrated more books than any other. What? what? Um, literally thousands of books. So if you've listened to audiobooks, it's probably him that have come out from late seventies through now, there's a good chance you might've listened to him. But Holy one shit. of the things that he narrated is the original novelization of Star Wars. <laughs> what? <laughs> was this after yes. he had been arrested or before? This is oh, after. after. This is, yeah, he didn't he did get the, into this until... until I do remember him about that. What? Oh my and God. so it's not on any... Uh, it's not on like Audible or anything like that. It's like out of print or whatever. An audiobook can be out of print of. Um, but it exists. Whoa. And I like it's my two worlds colliding <laughs> and I need to get access to this. Um, I don't know if I'd listen to it because that would be chilling and weird. And I don't I don't know it's if like I it's want cursed. that. But, but right. But I want to have it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I want to hear this man's voice because it must be one. Have hell all of his voice. files been scrubbed? Um, I don't know. Like, does he still have stuff on like Audible or any other? I'm sure he does. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't actually like Researched. looked that far into yeah. it because um, I'm not a big audiobook person. I just know that's a hmm. fun fact of him. Yeah. 
but yeah, like he did the audio narration for the first audiobook of booked or back then it was booked to yeah. tape because that's how people used to listen to books. Oh, I bet someone has an thing. actual cassette of his voice and whatnot. I'm sure yeah. they do. I'm sure they do. Um, like my one of my friends went so far as to like contact the original distributor to wow. like, do you have this? And they're just like, we have it, but it's in some sort of file or code that our computers can't even open oh, because shit. it's so oh, old. It's like that next class. And I'm like, mind. give me that file. <laughs> And I will fucking 90s hacker. <laughs> exactly. That's hilarious. I just want to hear this man's voice. It has to be really good if you're a convicted serial murderer and you still get hired by Star Wars and all these publishing companies. Well, I think it was just that like he that's what he dedicated his time to in prison. Oh, that makes sense. No, I know, but he still yeah. has to like someone has to like contract him still. So it's like they know he murdered people, but they're just like, hey, you know what? Your voice. Yeah, is but it's also good. free labor, baby. Capitalism. Is it free? You didn't think he saw anything out of it? That'd be the cool thing to to find out. No, I'm saying like the companies <laughs> did. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a yeah. funny concept, or I don't know what it is, but it's cool. Wait, who is the who was the name of this favorite serial killer that you were talking about? Was it this guy or somebody else? It's not favorite. Oh, sorry. <laughs> not favorite. <laughs> Your most despised serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> um no so the serial killer he wasn't even a serial killer he was um he he just he was a spree killer um he's known as the vampire of sacramento Whoa, um, oh his name is richard chase and mm. it's very very tragic uh as they all are but his um his uh escalation in particular is just like super creepy i don't know like to me i'm like he's not a normal (laughs) (laughs) he thought that like his blood was disappearing his blood was oxidizing and so like he it's this is gross so like you know again content warning all this it's it's gross but like he you know as a lot of serial killers did they start with animals and then move to people and he like when the police got to his house there was like just blenders full of like rabbits guts and stuff because he would like drink the blood to try and you know and i'll stop there but it it gets grosser but um but like he it yeah it's it's super fascinating and the book i got is like someone did like interviews with him so uh yeah i don't know like again not favorite but just most interesting to me (laughs) he you know it's yeah. there's not another like him that i've come across and it's when was he doing this is this like recently was it in like the 70s the 70s why did yeah, it, yeah 70s it was a prime some decade of murder yeah well there's theories on that on but, why um, the 70s had so much ooh, murder sure. do you know it? oh yeah oh, um there's your conspiracy theories on that is mk ultra and the government um uh, fucking with yeah, people with drugs yeah. um and mm. stuff like that there's the whole you know, Reddit threads you can go oh, on shit. about all of this stuff. Um, but uh, I mean, really, what it comes down to, you know, the seventies being a golden era of serial killers <laughs> is, and why now there's a golden era of serial killers too is in the seventies. That's when criminal profiling 
first came about. It's the first time that people, that literally the term serial killer came about uh, before it was multiple murders. They never thought, oh, all these murders in this area could be happening by the same person. Like Mm. that wasn't a thing (laughs) until the 70s. Forensics just didn't get that far until then. And now, you know, and, and why they're fewer and fewer from the 80s to 90s to now is just, again, we've gotten so good at surveillance is everywhere. People aren't, you know, leaving their front doors unlocked, which was commonplace in the oh, 70s. Sure. In the 70s, everyone's yeah. picking up hitchhikers. Yeah, right? You know, like all of this stuff, like we, we realize as a society that like, yeah, maybe we should just trust everyone. <laughs> Um, which is sad, but here we are. And, you know, again, why today we're having a new golden age of serial or of, yeah, of, of true crime is we now have things like Ancestry and Me and, you know, the DNA, uh, 23andMe and Ancestry mm. DNA and all that stuff where um, people can upload their family's DNA to a service called GEDmatch, which works with the FBI and other oh, um, forensic things across the country. And that's how the Golden State serial killer was caught, um, who, you know, he killed like 40 people from the 70s and 80s in California, and just no one had ever been able to find him. And it was because a, like a third cousin uploaded their DNA to this thing, and they were able to finally match the DNA and Whoa. be like, okay, this person is related to this person, and now we can, you know. And so now with DNA getting uploaded, cold cases that have had DNA collected, but nothing to compare it against can now slowly start to, you know, be solved. Oh, wow. And I, I know we're all here to talk comic books and nerdy yeah, stuff. Yeah, but this like, is, yeah. No, I didn't know any of Yeah, this is interesting. Always, yeah. Like, I've always been a big fan. I was like, as a, I remember being young and one of my favorite villains being Hannibal Lecter. And I've just like always enjoyed I feel like I don't know if it's like our generation, but like we're all we're fascinated by killers and yeah. I, mean, I, gr- I grew like up watching interest. Unsolved Mysteries. You guys ever watch Unsolved yeah, Mysteries? That yeah. used to be my show. Like I used yeah. to watch it every afternoon with my cousins. Just like, oh man, someone's gonna break into that house. It's like it wasn't even like we were like it just because it was like the dramatic reenactments. It never seemed like real life, so it was more like morbid entertainment for like a bunch of like ten year olds. Yeah. yeah, I um. I, I, if I were to say like my most fascinated, not favorite serial <laughs> killer, is probably Albert Fish is a weirdo that I always. Oh, he's. What, what's his deal? Yeah, he's yeah, nuts. He? he used to like kidnap kids and <laughs> eat them uh, and uh, write yeah, to their parents was, about them and stuff. Oh, Seth putting it lightly. Yeah, so he was cannibal. He was a pedophilic cannibal. Oh. Um, he was also he was also a sadist. Yeah, he tortured himself. Um, he would put needles and just have them chill under his fingernails for fun. <sighs> um, when they found his body, they did x-rays and found just needles in his butt that he, you know. <laughs> but like, but like stuff like that. But he he would kill kids, bake them into pies, and then sell those pies oh, to people. Jesus Christ. But his favorite thing to do was then write letters to the families detailing his relationship with kids and then how delectable they were and whoa and and there are copies of these letters when was yeah. this he, like the uh, this 18... was early ni- 
This was, I think, 1890s, early 1900s. Oh, exactly. Like was, yeah. The turn of the century. Uh, New York. New like, York. New York yeah, had some York crime proper. killing in its time. It did. Uh, and he's, <laughs> yeah, he's. He's so messed up. That's fucked He's up. a true monster. Like a yeah. true, true monster. True monstrosity. Monster. A monstrosity. And that's why I find him interesting. Like, not just that, like, I couldn't. Under wrap, even begin to wrap my head around somebody who goes that far. Well, yeah, it's a, mm-hmm. like obviously I know a lot and I read a lot and I consume a lot of true crime. <laughs> um, and it takes a lot for me to be like, I need to take a break. Like, I need to, yeah. you know. And there's a podcast I was listening to where they read his letters, you know, they, they read them. And oh. it, it was one where I was like, yeah, good. I think I think I'm gonna like what's what's in it. Friends, I'm gonna put friends yeah. on. You know, like, just, just complete. Yeah, just some wholesome. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, I learned about him. I had a teacher assigned a serial killer like a paper, and oh my God, why are you Siri thinks I'm trying to have her do research? I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You're on a list now, Cody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he was like serial killer, and I was like, no. <laughs> I don't know many serial killers past the the ones who are well known, like Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy, mm-hmm. Zodiac. Uh, well, if if you ever want a resource, uh, yeah. I do keep a Google uh, Doc where I keep track of all the books, TV shows, movies, oh, wow. uh, podcasts, everything that I consume. Um, Ooh, because that's a good idea. That is a good idea. Yeah. Well, one, it's it's just. <laughs> I don't know if it's just sad for me to look at it and be like, wow, I was consumed a lot of this. I should talk to someone. Um, <laughs> but like, it was a thing where, you know, I would have friends or people would be like, oh, where do I start? I'd, I'd like to, you know, what are some good recommendations? And then I could just like send it. But um, I don't all just like murder. You know, there's, there's others, <laughs> like heist, heists are good too. Oh, I love uh, a good heist. I don't know any factual heist. I love but... a good heist, is what you said. <laughs> I love a good heist. Um, well, let me recommend for you then um, one of my favorite documentaries. It's available on Netflix. It's called Evil Genius. Um, I've seen that one. It's yeah, about yeah, yeah. the pizza bomber heist uh, What's the pizza bomber that happened heist? in uh, Ohio. Yeah. So oh, was, I actually did watch that. Yeah, that one was yeah. scary. It was insane. I think it was like a, just a Sunday, and I was like, I guess this is where I'm at all day. Yeah. Day. Yeah. And it was nuts. What were they stealing? It's, it's, what were they trying to steal? Uh, oh, it was a bank robbery yeah. at the end of the day. Um, but it's, it's, it is so much more than it seems at the surface. Yeah. yeah it it's is insane. A, this what? guy it's goes a, in with a bomb around his neck, and it's, it's a whole, it's you have to watch it. Okay. You have to watch it. It's, yeah. it's just it's crazy, um, and it's just a really well made documentary. It's it's like six episodes or something. Mm-hmm. And like like my boyfriend is not is not a true crime at all. But like um, we watched the um, is this a robbery heist documentary about the um, museum the art heist that happened in in Massachusetts, and he yes. was really into that. And mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, if you want another heist, you know, we'll put this one on. 
And it's, it's one where like, you know, the cliffhanger of every single episode, you're just like, fuck it. Now I have to watch the next yeah. one. Like I exactly. have to you know. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. I started like a Sunday afternoon. I had nothing to do. And then like six hours later, I was like, that was insane. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. Who would you cast in a, in a live action Gwenpool? Oh my gosh. Uh, I would have Gwen play herself. <laughs> she could do that yeah she's from she's from our world no it's it's i don't know like everyone asks me this all the time and i i have a really difficult time fan casting her i think in part because she's so close to to yeah. me and i you know um i was such an integral part of her creation that I think all I can say is I think I would want someone relatively unknown. I don't, I think in order to sell the concept of that, is she, you know, she's someone from our universe into the Marvel universe. She can't be like an A-list celebrity. Yeah. That wouldn't work. Right, yeah. Um, I think, you know, that would immediately defeat the purpose of her character. Yeah. So I would definitely want it to be um, like a couple of years ago, I would have said Anya Taylor Joy, but now she's, you know, a big oh to do. God, so huh. and has already played a Marvel character. Yeah, <laughs> magic, yeah. Who was she in Marvel? She was Did in that terrible. Yeah, yeah she was magic in the really new bad mutants. Movie. It was terrible. Uh, Don't watch it, Cody. <laughs> I watched five I minutes of it and literally I was like, I was like I'm good. Yeah. I actually <laughs> rented it for five dollars oh. and watched five minutes and fell asleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds about right. It was horrendous, like truly. But wait, horrendous. can can we, can I actually ask you like about the creation of Gwenpool yeah. because you sure. were like so involved? Like how how did that even come about? Because as far as I know, when I first heard of the character, I'll be honest, I had like a knee jerk reaction. I'm like, what is Gwenpool? Like, is this just a Deadpool ripoff or whatever? Yeah. And and as soon as I picked it up, I'm like, I mean, I I you know, I'm I'm an idiot. Like I should have picked it up way before this. Yeah. Again, it's such again such a unique comic, but. Yeah, you know, I'd like to, to follow your lead on that, Anthony. And if uh, anyone listening has not picked it up, you are an idiot. Um, it, is, it is a great book. Um, <laughs> That's some great. I support that. I, I support it too. Um, and you were an idiot, but you're not now. You're enlightened. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so Gwenpool is a very weird story how she came about. Um, in the beginning, there was no Gwenpool and the world was sad. <laughs> and um, in honor of the Spider-Gwen comic coming out and in honor of promoting it, Marvel did one of their fav one of their well-known favorite themed month of variant covers. And um what this month's theme was was it was Gwen Station mashup. So, you know, you would have on um a variant cover of X-Men, you would have Gwen Stacy as Wolverine. On a cover of Thor, you would have Gwen Stacy as Thor. On the Avengers, Gwen Stacy as Iron Man. You get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it was Deadpool Secret Secret Wars, uh, number two, um, that came out in June 2015, um, where we saw Gwen Stacy as Deadpool on a cover. Nice. Uh, by Chris Petralo and literally all it is is it's you know the costume that we all know and love the the pink and white leotard 
her sitting on a pool floaty, drinking a little, you know, summer drink. And then, oh, yeah, there's also just a dead body just kind of floating <laughs> by, you know. Nice. Um, and that was it. That that was it. And that cover came out. And for whatever reason, it became the biggest thing. Nice. And within two weeks, there were cosplays of her at Comic-Cons. There was Whoa. fan art everywhere. Like, it went viral. Oh, um, which had never happened before for a variant cover, non-real thing. So Marvel being a company in the 21st century that likes money, <laughs> um, saw an opportunity and were like, oh, her, um, she's going to be a character now. Went to the Deadpool office, which was me and Jordan. Jeez. And they're like, you make her a thing. Um, uh. But here's the kicker. Because Sony owned Spider the rights to Spider-Man at the time and Fox owned the rights to Deadpool, she couldn't be Gwen Stacy and she couldn't be related to Deadpool. She had to be a completely unrelated <laughs> thing that Marvel could own. Which is all funny in retrospect because now everything's yeah, 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 yeah. Apps, but, <laughs> but at the time it made our lives very, very difficult because one, she had to debut in a Marvel-owned comic. So the natural choice wasn't Avengers. No, 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 no. Howard the Duck. Howard yes. the Duck makes the most sense yeah. to debut something that we want to succeed, right? Hell yeah. I love Howard the Duck. Uh, Howard the Duck's great. I read the first two issues, so when I saw it open with Howard the Duck, I was like, nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, and um, yeah, it was a great series. It came out October 2015. Joe Quinones, Chip Zdarsky, very, very great. Mm. But yeah, Howard the Duck is is... At first glance, would not have been my first choice. <laughs> it's not like Marvel's uh, flagship title. Not really, no. Although the movie is great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, love me some Leah Thompson. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, we had to come up with this idea of, of how this would work. And um, Jordan um, was really good friends with Chris Hastings, um, they had done some work previously on other Deadpool stuff together. And he he was like, let's talk to him. Let's see, you know, what we can come up with. And it was actually Chris who came up with the idea of, well, what if she's just from our universe? Hmm. Um, what if she's just a really big fan of the Marvel Universe that, that you know, wakes up here one day? Um, because that was the, you know, that's a surefire way to make sure she's not related to any of the yeah, other characters, seriously. right? Um, and yeah, the rest the rest of that is history. Um, we we spent a lot of times um, planning in a diner that was right around the corner of the Marvel offices. Ugh, remember when going to offices and diners was a thing? <laughs> <laughs> and it was it would just be a lot of conversations of like okay, well, if she's a fan, what would she know, yeah. you know? Um, and that's where yeah. we got to some of the stuff in the later arcs where, like, she starts manipulating the comics themselves. And, you know, even in issue two, she knows Jane Foster's right. real yeah. name. That's her superpower. Her superpower is knowing things, um, which was a lot of fun to then get be able to get really meta. And, well, how long has she been in the Marvel universe that now she doesn't know that Dr. Doom's a good guy. Now she doesn't yeah. know, mm. you know, all of this stuff and, and got to play with that. That's and cool. Oh, cause she came out right after, or she debuted right after secret wars. She did. Yes. Right. 
Yeah. So she didn't know that he's a good guy. Right. Now. Yeah. Um, and so when she goes to like, I'm going to defeat Marvel's biggest, baddest villain. And he's like, nah, peace, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she, she wasn't thrilled. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the, that's the long and short of how she came about. Nice. Nice. very cool nice. yeah that's awesome i i just anything Gwenpool. uh she was literally the first marvel legends figure i picked up because i wouldn't i don't usually nice. buy figures but Gwenpool. i don't know i and i don't i can't even explain why i like her so much it's just like any comic now that has Gwenpool, i gotta buy it like she was in west coast avengers she was yeah. in all this other stuff i just gotta buy it i think why she connects with so many people is she is so genuine and authentic and she's not trying to be a hero she's just herself yeah you know and she's very honest and makes mistakes and she learns and grows like she she's a full 3d character um in every every sense and she is us, you know, she's mm. not the smartest man in the room. She's not the strongest woman ever. She's not, you know, she's just a comic book fan. Mm. That's it. Yeah. That's all yeah. she is, which we all are. Yeah. yeah um, and so true. that's why I think she connected with so many people is she just felt so real. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Highly recommend Gwenpool. If you haven't read it, please go read it. <laughs> Or else you're an idiot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like Anthony. <laughs> like, don't be if like Anthony. you don't Anthony, want to be, don't like, be like Anthony. <laughs> 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 um, so what all, you said you're working on how many titles right now? Um, I work on average, like, probably 15 to 20 different books every month. Wow. Whew, that's crazy. Yeah. Is, and one of those is it's, do you still work on Bitterroot? Um, I don't work on Bitterroot anymore. Um, I did for um, just scheduling reasons at the time have to take off. So I only edited the first arc of that um, of that series, but that one was a really fun one to work on. And like, oh my gosh, it's going off to do all these crazy big things. Yeah, you know? Regina King is um, making that movie. I yeah. know. <laughs> like, for for myself and the, like the listeners that don't know, what's Bitterroot? What's a brief synopsis? Yeah, so Bitterroot is a creator-owned series by uh, Chuck Brown, Sanford Green, and David Walker, um, Rico Renzi, and Clayton Coles. Um, it came out at Image. I think the first series came out in 2018, if I am correct. And it's about uh, a family in 1920s Harlem that is monster hunters. Um, oh, the shit. monsters that they hunt... Um, aren't just your normal everyday monsters. They are humans that turn into monsters when they're filled with hate and rage. Whoa, that's cool. Um, that's a cool concept. And yeah. so basically, you know, spoiler alert, the the first it's an African American family yeah. and the first issue, you see all these monsters that are KKK members mm. and they, you know, take down the KKK. Uh, so very cool. Um love watching that happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and uh, but the first arc is all about how one of their own gets infected and becomes one of these monsters, one of their family members. Sure. And it's, do we take them down or, or how do we resolve this um, rather than through violence? So, yeah. Yeah, Jake, honestly, when I started reading it, I was like, this is a comic Jake would tell me to read. Really? So I, I know you really would love cool. it, Jake, for sure. I like it. Yeah. It, nice. Yeah. It sounds like I'm also, I'm watching them. Feels like it has a little bit of that vibe mm. going. Yeah. For I didn't sure. watch them. It's really yeah, hard. <laughs> but I'm powering through it. I've heard it's, it was hard. It's Amazon Prime, yeah. right? 
Yeah, it's on Amazon. Yeah. It's hard in like the best way possible. It's just like, fuck, you will be sad. <clears throat> so do you have like a do you have time to uh, read any like comics on your free time or do you have like a pull list or anything like that that um i don't have an active pull list right now because unfortunately my comic shop closed during the pandemic oh. um and but i'm gonna have to find a new one anyway because i'm moving in a month um so i guess it works out <laughs> but um well uh honestly a lot of my time in the last year has been reading comics that friends send me um mm. you know creators who are like read my comic um <laughs> But uh, I've been doing a lot of um, back issue reading and going back and rereading like all the classic Vertigo stuff that got me into comics originally. Um, you know, Why the Last Man, Transmetropolitan, 100 Bullets, like nice. really been going back and rereading all of those, cool. um, which is which has been really interesting to do as an adult because um, <laughs> I was an adult when I read them the first time. But, but like, as an experienced comics creator now to go back and, and have a newfound appreciation for them rather than, Oh, this is just really good. Yeah. Like, you know, like, <laughs> is there like any specific comic that inspired you out of any other one or like, what's your relationship to comics growing up? Yeah. So I, my mom would say I drew comics before I knew what comics were. Um, <laughs> I, you know, have been writing and drawing my own stories literally since I was a little kid. Um, but I didn't have like a traditional comic shop where I grew up at, you know, super small town. Like our small townness was when we were bored, we hung out at Walmart. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> you know, and and so the only comic exposure I really had as a kid was the Sunday um newspaper comic strips that my brothers and I would fight over as a kid. <laughs> and um, so I didn't really, and, and when it came to superheroes, like I had the Adam West and Burt Ward, Batman 66 show that I yeah, grew up in, nice. live and die by like Adam West is my Batman, that show, you know, Cesar Romero, like that's Eartha Kitt. Like yeah. those are my characters. Um, like you said, Eartha Kitt, and, she, she was also my favorite Catwoman. Oh, she's the Compared best. Compared to uh, who played the other one? Uh, I can't remember her name. I love but... Michelle Pfeiffer. No, no, <laughs> no, no. But there, there were two. There were two cat. Halle Berry. Yeah. Yeah. There <laughs> were two cat women in the, uh, in the Adam West one. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember her name. Is it like Julie or Julia or something? I don't yeah, know. I think so. But yeah, it wasn't until um, college that like comics became part of my culture. I took an American literature course where we had to read Transmet. We had to read um, Sandman. Nice. Oh, that's so cool. And Sandman truly was the book that made me think, oh, there's something cool to this medium that you can do here mm. that you cannot do in literally any other medium. Mm. Yeah. And J.H. Williams... And Neil Gaiman are truly, truly masters of their crafts. Yeah. And the the issue in particular that really like made me go, I want to do this. I think this is cool. I wish I could tell stories like this. Um, it's I believe it is volume two, issue six, uh, the twenty four hour diner. Yeah. Issue with Doctor uh, so Doctor Destiny and the Jewel. Yep. That yeah. shit is crazy. And it's creepy. Yeah, it's super Again, creepy. you see my 
you see my creepy true crime, <laughs> yeah, you see where it all yeah, full circle, yeah, the serial cool. killer convention, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that episode was insane. Or I keep saying episode, it's issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like in that issue, for those who haven't read it, also you're an idiot. Go out and read Anthony, it. Anthony, um, me, me again, Anthony. me again. Fuck, <laughs> man. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. But too. anyway, so the first five issues, you get to know all of these different characters and their relationships and their problems going on. And the 24 hour diner issue, some, I won't say what, but some real fucked up shit happens. Crazy fucked up. To all of these characters that are connected, but don't know how they're connected, but you as the reader know how they're connected. Um, And it's just, it's, it's really, really brilliant and suspenseful. And, you know, you, you're so immersed in it that you forget you're reading a comic Mm -hmm. book. Um, Nice. Yeah. So that, you know that series in a whole is genius but that particular issue is one that i always 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 go back to as just like to me it's the best comic issue even just the part where they like reveal their deepest darkest secrets like yeah fuck yeah (laughs) yeah all right i'm gonna start reading sandman this week i'm on it's incredible volume i think i'm on volume seven or eight so i'm getting i didn't read past the original saga i like read mm-hmm. the old ones but i haven't read any of the like continuations the overture oh semen overture is worth it i think um nice. i i really liked it because again it's it's neil and jh williams like and i was yes. the person that like i don't care how delayed the series is i'm gonna you know i'm picking up every issue and i'm nice. not gonna even be mad it's late because it's worth yeah. it Mm-hmm. and and yeah uh i would say definitely that one's that one's worth it i haven't read any of the like expanded new universe spinoff series that are coming out right now i've heard they're fantastic but yeah i just i the, it gets to a point where i'm just like there's so many and i just don't know what to do when i was at marvel i would get comps of not only every single marvel comic but also every single dc comic nice. oh man and i would try and read them all um and that you know, not including anything image, Dark Horse, Oni, IDW, whatever, yeah. like just between Marvel and DC, that's 150 comments oh, yeah. a month. Oof. And it would stress <laughs> me out. Like I was reading like at least five or six comics every single Jesus. day, not including the ones I'm making. And what, so when I left Marvel, like I had a period where I'm just like, I can't read comics. Yeah. Like I just, <laughs> yeah, to, I totally like, get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to listen about murders. Yes. <laughs> like I just need to relax, listen about murders. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> this is something very soothing. Uh, oh, you know what I was just thinking? What if somebody did a true crime ASMR? Um, I feel like yeah. Is a, I mean, I'm sure that probably already exists. Really? Yeah, I feel like it's a thing. I wouldn't. There's I a, there's an ASMR for literally. There is an ASMR for literally. <laughs> and I feel like there's like any you can find everyone. True crime is big right now. True. Mm-hmm. Nice. We should do a true crime episode on here. <laughs> for <laughs> I'll come back. Yeah. Somebody was telling me nice. about a uh, true crime podcast where it's just this girl who puts who does her makeup routine and tells a true crime. Bailey Sarian on YouTube. I watch her every Monday. Murder Makeup Mondays. Murder Makeup <laughs> Mondays. That's great. That's I knew you would know it. I knew you would know it. Yeah, it's literally like, and I'm not even like into like makeup or like, you know, doing the, the fan. She's a great makeup artist, like not not to, you know, disparage her or anything. Uh, but it's literally just her in front doing these like 
huge, like glamorous, you know, looks and just like, yeah, so this guy killed his wife and I don't know about you, but like, and she's like, you know, it, it, but it's the most entertaining thing. It's so good. That's awesome. Well, shit, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is no, a blast. So yeah. Been a blast for sure. No, this is super fun. I would love to come back if y'all would have yeah. me anytime. Yeah. Oh, Talk true crime, we can have that. Yeah. yeah. For true yeah. Crime Do you um have any things that you're putting out right yeah, now other anything? than Star Wars that you want to talk about? Yeah. So I um also edit some creator on comics for image. Um one book that very recently just came out is Time Before Time um, by Declan Shalvey and Rory McConville and Joe Palmer. Um, it is a time travel story about um, gangs that rule decades. So they don't rule Whoa. territory, they rule decades. So you run the 2000s, you run the 1900s, and uh, some shit goes oh, down. Oh, that's cool. Nice. That's really cool. Um, that's yeah, that's concept. really cool. Yeah, I'm sold. Time game. Yeah. 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 So issue one literally just went back for a second printing. Um, as well as Declan Shalvey's uh OGN called Bog Bodies, which I edited uh as well, just went back for a second printing. Um, it's a horror crime um graphic novel that takes place in Ireland and the spooky Ooh. moors and swamps of Ireland. Nice. Uh, nice. so I'd highly nice. recommend that as well. Hell yeah. And also Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. If you've heard of yeah. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I saw on Twitter you're uh, interviewing. I mean, this is this episode won't be out for like a couple weeks, but I guess yeah. you're interviewing um, Frank Quietly tonight or? I, earlier today. Oh, yeah, you already I, did. Oh, wow. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I interviewed uh, Paul Pope and Frank Quietly for uh, Cloud Comic Con, uh, which is an all digital comic convention put on by the guys that run Glasgow Comic Con over in Scotland. Nice. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I freaked out and fangirled <laughs> a little bit because one, Frank Quietly is Frank Quietly. Yeah. Not not to put down Paul, um, but I know Paul. Like Paul, Paul and you know, we know each other. So he's just Paul. But like <laughs> Frank Quietly to me is like, oh my God, you're Frank Quietly. Yeah. And he doesn't do panels. Like, the, you know, like that's just not, he doesn't go to conventions a lot. He doesn't give a lot of talks. And so, you know, when these guys at Club Comic Con very casually emailed me and were like, would you like to interview <laughs> quietly for a, for a Comic Con? And I'm like, yes, what's the catch? <laughs> Who said no? Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that panel will be, um, I don't know the exact time and date yet, but it will be airing, I think the second week of June. Um, oh, cool, okay. So. Yeah. Huh, so maybe when we put this episode out, it'll line up. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Nice. Fingers crossed. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. Well, thanks for coming on again. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah thank you, guys. Yeah. Anybody want to take us out? You take us out, yeah, Cody. You do, Cody. Oh, my God. I think I've. Okay. I'll, I'll give it my best go. <laughs> um, <laughs> Actually, no, I don't got it. I smoked a little too much. Then, well, thank um, you. I did like, I, oh, shit. yeah, just go. Uh, <laughs> thank you for tuning in, guys. We really want to appreciate, uh, you know what? I can't speak either. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you liked it, share it on Twitter and Instagram and anywhere you want to share it. And uh, come back next week. We're going to have a yeah. good time. Thank you, Heather. All right. Us.
Thanks, Heather Antos. Antos. Thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure. Yeah. No, this was super fun. You guys are great. Hi, you're listening to Comics and Chronic, and I'm Jacob H. I'm Cody Cannon. And I'm Anthony Iannaccio. And you can tune in every Thursday to hear new episodes of Comics and Chronic. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Comics and Chronic. That's Comics, the letter N, Chronic. We'll see you guys next week. Woo! Peace. Peace.